Well, I do not need some young Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Pimple-faced fresh kid from the smart bar. Genius bar. Telling me how to teach. Hello. Welcome to the Extra Credits Podcast, hosted by two teachers. Today, we are talking about Abbott Elementary. Kelsey, we have a special surprise for the podcast today. We do. Teacher content. We are seen, sort of. Sort of. (laughs) Yeah. The show we're reviewing today is advertised as a satire about structural issues in education, but I think we agree it's more of a workplace comedy. But first, introductions. Hi, I'm Trey. And hey, I'm Kelsey. So thanks for listening to the Extra Credits podcast. Just a little bit of quick information about Trey and myself, um, which is pretty relevant to this pod about Abbott Elementary. Uh, Trey teaches social studies, so world history and government, and I teach English and woman studies. So we spend a lot of our day thinking and talking about the themes that show up in movies and shows. And today we're going to break down Abbott Elementary and we're going to talk about the reception of the show, the purpose of its creation. And at the end, we will let you know whether we think Abbott Elementary deserves extra credit or not. All right. So Trey, what do people think about this show? Do they like it? They love it. Uh, like regular people love this show, not just teachers. Here's a log line really quickly for the non-spoiler crowd who has not checked out the show. Who's like, what are they talking about? What is Abbott Elementary? So Abbott Elementary is a mockumentary series about a group of Philadelphia public school teachers with limited resources and support who are trying to help their students. It's centered on Quinta Brunson's character, Janine Teagues, a second grade teacher doing her best. The show features a classic, will they or won't they, couple, Janine and her coworker, Gregory, played by Tyler James Williams, and an ensemble cast that has already found its rhythm. The series isn't just a critical success, as it also has a fan base similar to those that developed around Parks and Recreation and The Office. Abbott is also 100% Rotten Tomatoes, Kels. Whoa. Crazy. Critics love this show. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, from those critics and 81% from the audience. I think that this show is really, really popular. First, because it's a mockumentary. We love mockumentaries. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't know what a mockumentary is, it's like, you know, looking at the the camera, like breaking the fourth wall. It's like a, a mocking a comedy documentary. documentary. Yeah, quite literally a mock of a documentary. So I think people like it because it's a mockumentary. We sort of miss those shows. And second, it's one of the few Hollywood productions in history, which is crazy to say, but it's true, that is run by a black woman. Like that is not something that we've really seen in Hollywood. Quinta Brunson is the showrunner. Brunson is a star in pop culture and is really well known for her time at BuzzFeed. Uh, the Millie Rock video comes to mind. And uh, she ran a black lady sketch show on HBO, which did really, really well at the time it was running. Uh, Aside from the mockumentary style in Brunson, this show's cast also represents the demographics of West Philadelphia, which is where it takes place in West Philadelphia. The Philly references and language and even their newscasters are on this show, which so it's just huge on Philly. A lot of Philly love. Also, shout out to our Philly friends. Hello. Hello. You know who you are. But this show isn't just properly representing a community that is often underrepresented or actively marginalized by Hollywood, which it is, but it's also just good. It's a good show. Yeah. Like I can immediately tell you to go check it out. And yes, Abbott elementary while it's good and it has representation uh, that is done really, really well. 
I think after just one viewing, you're going to realize you're going to be recommending it to other people too. Uh, and it's, it's just really funny. The cast is amazing from conspiracy theory janitors to the funny students that, uh, are truly fleshed out children. Like the show doesn't try to depict these kids as binary as Hollywood often does with young black characters. So even the supporting cast is like a driving force of this show. So people are loving it for and for very different reasons. But I do think I'll stick with the cast for a second. I do think the show has nailed something with these characters. I'm really interested in their arcs. I think audiences are really interested with their arcs. Specifically, Janine, played by Quinta Brunson, is great. She's very interesting. I think that a lot of people are kind of finding themselves relating to Janine. Uh, and I even like probably my favorite character. So I don't just like them. I love them. Gregory, who seems like he'll be a focal point moving forward in this show. And hopefully if it gets the season two green light, which it looks like it will Tyler James Williams is playing Gregory and his deadpans uh, that a lot of people are comparing to Jim Halpert, um, John Krasinski's character in the office are hilarious. Like I think Gregory is probably the most grounded character. And then at the opposite end of Gregory as a side character, you have, uh, this kind of still funny, but exaggerated white savior teacher hilariously played by Chris Perfetti, I think is how you pronounce his name. Not sure, but looks good. Shout out Chris. I think the most recent episode six, which, you know, we've only gone through six episodes. Kels, it sounds like we're about halfway through the season, which is why we want to wreck the show to everybody who hasn't seen it yet. And for those of you who do, who, who have seen it, we're going to be reviewing it throughout this podcast. But those of you who haven't, you have six episodes to watch. And it is, like I said, really funny. And the dialogue for the characters is amazing. But it's surprising that a show seemingly about the crumbling education system which is quite like a lot, quite a kind of a main idea for a show. Abbott Elementary instead focuses on an oddball school staff in their workplace that just happens to be an underprivileged school, almost like the structural issues are an afterthought. And we'll definitely get into that because that's quite a choice. Well, so we'll dive into that a little bit later. But for those of you who haven't seen the show, it's on Hulu. It's free on ABC streaming if you don't have Hulu. So like I keep saying, go check it out. Right, Kels? characters are awesome. I love the principal. Her character's name is Ava played by Janelle James. She is the best quotes. Oh my God. It's so good. Her writing's amazing. Um, and also this show like mockumentary style felt really just like a natural entrance into the characters where I feel like parks and rec or the office kind of had a rocky uh, few first episodes. Like remember Mark at the beginning of parks and rec. It took us a while to get into Mark. <laughs> well, it took us such a long time. They had to tell Mark to leave, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I feel like there was kind of an ease into those shows. Um, and they, then they figured out kind of what, uh, the character needed to be doing, but it feels like they really had a good grasp of like, okay, this is what your character's doing. This is how they feel about their job or whatever it is kind of going in. The characters were set and the writing is really funny. It felt very lived in for sure. Awesome. Uh, okay. So first question, Kels, I think we should ask us ourselves this and I'm going to start with you besides just recommending the show why should we give our thoughts on this show? Like as we get into more kind of like the positive critiques the negative critiques, why should we give our thoughts on this show? Okay. So, um, first, like we said, we loved this show. So, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what Trey also was saying, right? That the show focuses on structural issues. Uh, they're a part of the plot, but they're not totally, um, 
explored, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and maybe the most honest way. So, um, before we go into that, cause it would, I don't want to like, you know, sound like we're being negative about the show. We love the show. Um, but at the same time, we're teachers, like it's what we, we do. And, um, I think it's important to just be honest, especially if there is a show that is looking at a specific experience, um, uh, that hasn't been really told that much before, especially like in a yeah. like comedic space in a way that's not like bad teacher or one of the more like slapstick comedies sure. um, that looks like at a more realistic kind of everyday humor, which I, which I love. Um, but I think it's important to be honest about it and we are teachers. So um, yeah, we have yeah. some, yeah, we, have we just some have history. some thoughts, you know? Yeah. So we're not elementary school teachers and we are public high school teachers in our late twenties white, married, living in a suburban area. Uh, do we teach a large number of like economically disadvantaged students at a diverse school faced with serious challenges? Of course. Yeah, we do. A lot of teachers do and a lot of schools across the, uh, the honestly, the coasts. So does that compare though to an almost resourceless district like Abbott Elementary is facing and what they're going through? No, not really. So we wanted to note that background for our listeners since this isn't a visual medium. And, uh, you know, in case you couldn't tell from our voices, we are indeed white and middle class. So you heard it here first. (laughs) That doesn't mean we don't deal with uh, and see struggles of structural issues in education every day. So I think we can speak with experience to the tone and the through line of this show and what it's trying to play with, especially because you could argue that the show isn't that analytical. It's not really trying to be. I know it's a comedy, but there are responsibilities that come with portraying a failing public service like education. And they're doing a good job here so far, Abbott. Um, we are going to be a little bit harsh at certain points, a little bit critical, but you know they are doing a good job. But Abbott has been clear, like this show has been clear and the showrunners have been clear, especially Quinta Brunson has been clear. It's not really interested in properly... It is interested in representing an urban inner city school uh, and teachers leaving every nine months, but it's interested in highlighting those facts for satirical purposes, not really educational ones, which sounds harsh, but we kind of believe that it could be more meaningful if there were lessons in the show uh, that were new to audiences. And we'll, we'll get into that. So the show is very innocent. It keeps, it keeps its audience at bay, even when they choose to touch on serious education issues directly in the dialogue. The showrunners are transparent about not wanting to dwell on what is already hurting an impoverished school system. They don't want to push the viewers of America's buttons. They're not really trying to like get people to turn the channel. And you know, if they really kind of delved a little bit deeper into the problems in education, that wouldn't necessarily be sexy or funny. Right. It feels, it feels safe. Exactly. It feels very safe. And it's a Hollywood production before anything. It's important to note that also it's trying to portray a half truth of the reality of the education system while still making it relatable. They squeeze comedy into it to make it enjoyable to watch for regular audiences of parents who already know these truths about education and even for like discouraged teachers, which we know many after, you know, during this pandemic who want to laugh at this thankless job, you can turn this on at the end of a workday and laugh for sure. And Brunson has been clear in interviews and I'll quote her later that she wanted to make a satirical comedy without making the plight of educators too much of the butt of the joke, which we'll get to it. Abbott sort of half succeeds there. And like I said, we'll get to it, but just to reiterate, we'll comment solely on what we know, which is education. The experience of a teacher is not a monolith. 
So we're not going to comment on the reality of an inner city teacher's experience uh, that are all very circumstantial. But like I said, I, I also don't think the show is interested in even doing that. They go as far to cast the accurate demographics and potentially some of the accurate situations, like having no resources or what to do with the woke white teacher. But a lot of their writing that is supposed uh, supposed to represent inner city schools really comes off as underwhelming at times. And it's a comedy, so that makes sense. However, the stakes and responsibilities are different from The Office. So the responsibilities, I guess, should be more elevated than other mockumentaries, which they aren't yet. And, you know, like I said, this is only six episodes in, but it's not really to the kind of the the stakes aren't present and we wish they kind of were. But let's start with an easy question and dive deeper throughout. Kels. Yes. Imagine you never saw Abbott Elementary. How would you feel about a mockumentary office style show about teachers? Kind of genius or maybe out of touch in 2021, 2022. What do you think? Okay. So I think it's a genius, like, but Agreed. only if that, you know, the show is talking about very serious educational issues, right. Uh, that are structural in an honest way. And I, and I think the kind of misconception or I don't know what's happening, but, um, is that you can't both do that and make the, make it funny. Um, and I don't think that has to be the case. Like, um, I kind of, and I think we'll talk about it a little bit more and you already did that. The show does feel safe. Like it's, it's taking, you know, structural issues as sort of plot points, but not going in on, um, it doesn't even really have to like offer solutions. Like that's not what we're asking, but just have some sort of like take of, um, like here's how people are acting towards teachers or here, here's how people are acting towards education that just like shows the maybe flaws or like, uh, funny hypocritical conversations that are happening around teachers and education. Like, I think that is something that doesn't have to be doom and gloom and, um, just like depressing. I think it still could be funny. So yes, genius. Like I think you could still do things where you're writing like about maybe like absurd parent emails, like the wild things that people just feel like they could say to you because you know, they pay taxes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or like community members, like telling you like, you know, oh, you teach. That's so cute. You know, and like, um, that's weird. Um, make sure you talk about this, this thing I talked, saw on the news last night. Has that happened to you before? I feel like that's definitely happened to me. Or like, like, oh yeah, I teach history. Let me tell you everything that I know about history. Oh my Um, God. But, or, um, (laughs) but also though, like just thinking about like, yeah, what basically like people having conversations of like, here's what teachers like ought to do, you know? Um, and then like transition into that person, you know, maybe like after they're basically being condescending to a teacher, like not holding an elevator for like, an older person or I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like creative ways to address the public's like perception and just like very vocal, um, criticisms of the educational system or of teachers specifically acting as if like they are the people who are making these decisions. Um, and it could still be really funny and have a great message that kind of doesn't, it doesn't really have to like point or, um, preach right to the audience, but it could have like a more of a mirror, right? Like Mm. here's what's happening. And if you're a part of that problem, like you should feel cringy about that. Yeah. Really, really well said when that, what you just said reminded me of one of our favorite TV shows of the past few years, sex education. 
I feel like this show had the potential possibility of becoming a sex education about teachers and education as an institution. Uh, but instead it's going back to a place like the office or parks and rec, which I thought we were kind of moving past. Um, but I'm happy to see it again. But I think what you're saying is, uh, is very helpful for me to even gauge how I feel about this. So I guess in thinking about whether or not I thought the show was genius or not, it was pretty quick to say yes. Like when I heard about the show, uh, via the ringer and the watch shout out Andy and Chris, I, uh, you want to give him a shout? I was, yeah, was going to say, Hey, Hey Andy. And oh, hey, hey, Chris. Yeah, hey. We, know you're, we know you're listening. So, uh, I thought about our time, Kels, when we were in college getting ready to become teachers. And as a younger millennial generation, we were so used to the office in high school and in parks and rec and new girl and late high school and college. And people also really love like community around that time and modern family, even arrested development still, which are all mockumentary or mockumentary adjacent productions. And we were always preparing, uh, you know, for education in college. And we had several conversations about why isn't there a teacher show like the office? And it was finally made. And that's why I was so happy to hear through sources when Abbott elementary is being made in production this past summer. I think I was just really, really excited about the potential possibilities of what the show could be. Yeah. Because there's so much that you can do. I mean, I'm really excited for the future of the show. Like I have criticisms about the first six episodes, but like you're exactly right. The, what this show can be is amazing, but I think they are kind of late on the message they're giving us so far. It makes me get a don't look up movie vibe, like from Netflix, the Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio film. It's like, yeah, everyone knows the issues you're talking about. It's just kind of like fake repping the teacher struggle a little bit. These first six episodes it feels like when you see Uber Eats is doing like their Black History Month discount, which I saw this morning. Like, thank you for my 10% off my $40 Chipotle delivery Uber Eats. But like, what are you really doing to help the lives of black Americans? And that's kind of the feeling I'm getting from these first six episodes. Like you're kind of talking about these teacher problems, but you're not staying in the joke long enough in, and in the kind of the purpose of the joke long enough for us to kind of get anything out of it. So I was hoping for this show to be ironically more educational, I guess. But ultimately, the show hits that office tingle that I think a lot of people missed, like a lot. And honestly, I truly think the show could have been working in an Amazon factory with a representative cast and shown how terrible they're treated in that, in that, uh, in that place. And it would have done very well. And this show is less about teachers and more about an absurd workplace that a school setting provides like Kelsey was talking about, which I think audiences missed more than we realized. People have been maybe emotionally overwhelmed the past few years and making fun of their workplace helps alleviate that stress. But which workplace you're making fun of is really important, <laughs> right? Because that sets the stakes and a certain amount of responsibility from the showrunners. Yeah. And I, and I think like when you say, you know, it, is kind of, it could be more educational. Like I don't, I still want to make sure I, and I don't think you mean this, but I definitely like, don't mean this, that 
We need a like big motivational speech about how the education system can change and being like super, super direct. I just think there are more honest ways. There's so much to pull from, um, from a school play setting. Like that's why this is a genius kind of concept to make a show, but there's so much honesty that you could pull to actually talk about those lessons. And then I I'll talk about it a little bit later, but the, there's a lot of weird inconsistencies in the message of each episode too. Um, that doesn't really accurately reflect like the issues in the education system and more reflects like things that are being said at kind of like a more shallow level, but I'll get into it in a, in a second. But I, I just wanted to touch on because you're talking about like this thing that is missed in the office and um, kind of like this, you know, I'm coming home, I'm overwhelmed from work. Like I don't really want to be told like what I need to be doing in the world to be a better person. I kind of just want to chill and laugh and, and be seen a little bit. Yeah. Like, like in your absurd workplace. Yeah. Like have. I just came home from yeah. work and that place like, is think crazy. About my boss. Yeah. Like, or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. Like that's, I think that's a relatable feeling that everyone wants to have and that makes sense. Um, but I think I just wanted to say, cause I think some people might be like, Oh, well you're talking about the office and, um, you know, you wouldn't really criticize like parks and rec or maybe like, you know, the office in this way, mm-hmm. but there are different stakes. Like you're saying, like, um, you know, with parks and rec, it is government, um, local government officials, right. Right. Um, or the office it's, uh, people who are selling paper, but when we're making jokes about those workplaces, like you said, it's not the same because people aren't necessarily like, like Leslie note might have someone in her crowd who is like yelling at her about like getting this playground. I don't like that bench. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or like Michael goes through different things where people are like putting him down, but it is just not the same as like a teacher um, or or reflecting that experience. There are just such huge stakes um, just when you're talking about the educational system. So it's just really not the same. Um, it's not even close. There's yeah. so much more skin in the game when it comes to teachers and the comment on education and who's at fault for uh, a new generation of students that are struggling to get uh, a- an equitable education in the world that we have today and what we deserve in uh, our population deserves. And like the, the stakes are just so much greater and to act as if they are the same or equal is doing an injustice to teachers truly. Um, but I don't think the show is there yet. Like I am going to be critical. We're being critical of it. And I don't think it's saying that it is equal to parks and rec. It is talking about things that are really important in the classroom, especially the underfunded stuff We're we're going to get into that. But before we do, I thought I, it would, it would be important to give a quote from a teacher, um, that is currently getting their PhD that I think highlights the struggles of what is being asked of teaching. Uh, he was asked this on uh, NBC and they were trying to reach out to teachers who, who have left the field and trying to build more of a platform themselves. And a teacher going to get their PhD makes a lot of sense. And he said, quote, people don't see that a lot of times teachers do become more than teachers. He said, they become parents, they become mentors, they become therapists. They become everything beyond what their job title says. I think that's super important to show that because a lot of times teachers take on responsibilities that you haven't been trained for, nor are you paid for. This is truly a public service field. And Brunson, in response to quotes like that, says, we're not showing on our show that teachers can do everything. We're saying, give them more. I wanted people to feel like they were at Abbott Elementary so they could feel like, oh, it shouldn't be this way. 
Okay, end quote. We'll get more into why that is a nice motivation to create Abbott Elementary. And that's kind of like why we like the show um, because it kind of finds some humor there. But Brunson, in my opinion, doesn't get close to executing that message in a practical way. And in her defense, it's because she's vocal about not being interested in that message. And I'll get into that soon, like I said. But first, halfway through the season, what do you think, Kelsey, this show gets right versus what it chooses to leave out of our experiences in education? Okay, so, well, first, again, I want to say, love this show. And sometimes there are some nice things that you can have as like a light humor. Okay, so love this show. Right, I feel like we have to say, full disclosure, recommend the show. Spoiler alert, probably (laughs) going to get extra credit from us at the end. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like... uh, also, I think when we're talking about a show that that deals with teachers, the biggest difference when we were talking about, you know, Parks and Rec before is this is not Parks and Rec wasn't sold as, uh, you know, this is a local government show that honors local government officials like where this show is being sold as like we are honoring teachers and we're honoring the structural issues in education. Yeah, we are giving audiences insight into how effed up schools are right now. Yeah. And yeah. so like halfway through this, the show, I love it, but also I, it's just, I don't know, like the way that it's being marketed, um, is not, I think maybe accurate to its message, right? Like mm-hmm. it feels kind of like broken education system, like light, like a lean <laughs> cuisine kind of like of teacher problems. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's, and it's fine to be like, it's fine to joke about, um, the everyday things that are happening workplace. Love Mm it. Um, and some things are accurate. Like the young teacher looking up to older teachers, Barbara, um, is is the older teacher. Um, and Janine is the younger teacher. Uh, and you know, like Janine is just like calling her mom, like, and (laughs) just being like, Oh, like all my emails go to spam for you. And just like loving her so much and just looks up to her. Yeah. Um, because I think that that is accurate, especially with like newer teachers. There are so many amazing veteran teachers that people look up to. Um, and like respect basically like is the currency for teachers. Um, not truly. That's something many (laughs) many people probably don't have not money. Probably people don't even realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is like a very, that was a really funny, accurate thing. And so there are some things that definitely, uh, the show gets right. Um, or just like minor frustrations with like student behavior, but, um, yeah. But anyway, I, what I was talking about before though, I think, um, why it doesn't get some things right is like the messages in a lot of the episodes are not like through line. Like they aren't, um, necessarily clear. Like we have like the TikTok episode, right. Um, where teachers are trying to get supplies. And so it's like highlighting, yes, like, uh, schools do not have resources, right. Like underfunded. Um, and teachers often have to find a way to like make a platform through social media to have people like help out. Mm-hmm. And so Janine creates like this TikTok or Ava actually, she creates the TikTok. Very well. Yes. I don't do, I don't do TikToks. <laughs> what was her hashtag? Uh, believe science, roll tide, <laughs> believe all woman. Like, Oh yeah. Lock her up. Lock oh my, her up, I love yeah. Ava. And there's that, um, that, you know, audit that what it's auditorium, what it's called an assembly. Right. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, before we begin, like, I just would like to detail all the ways, like I personally made this happen. I love her. Um, so she made that TikTok, right? Um, but 
then we have like this idea of people coming in after they make the TikTok for Barbara, like people coming in all these TikTok famous people to be like, Oh look, we are helping, you know, um, or like virtue signaling. Yeah, yeah. That we are helping education by getting like Barbara supplies. They were, they were saying like, Oh look, the like poorest, uh, you know, school, like they were teacher literally the saying school. that, right? Yeah. Like they were making a comment on that, which a poor old teacher in the school. Yeah, yeah. Which was good. Um, but then it feels like that is almost, and this sounds really harsh, but it feels like that's almost sometimes what the, the show is doing. Like it feels like it's talking about like these structural issues and like profiting off of saying, like going almost there, but not like saying, um, what, theme they're actually touching on. Like, so like, for example, in the first episode, they talk about right. Janine doesn't have a rug because her kid like went to the bathroom on the rug. Um, and then she's like talking about how her student, right. Uh, uses the rug as a place to sleep. Um, mm-hmm. so they're like getting at like these issues, um, pretty heavy issues yeah, yeah. like in, in education. Um, but then at the end, they're like, we're all going to pitch in like our own money, you know, which often does happen, right? Like to get a rug for you, um, because teaching's a calling and like you answered, you know, like, and there's this constant like, um, thread of like make do that isn't like, this is what we have to do. Even though Janine at the end of that episode or the other one says like, you know, money would be nice too, but it still feels like there's this kind of like you know, make do, especially with like Barbara's, uh, speech in that TikTok episode. She was like, um, said something about how, like, I don't tell my kids, you know, what they're missing. I tell them what they do have, like, don't make them feel bad about what they don't have. And that might be true in a specific situation where you're dealing with like really young kids, right. Or, um, and talking about like, let's not harp on maybe things that make people, make children feel like less than or, um, whatever. But that message was just like, not good for the public. I don't think like that was kind of analogous to like, don't tell kids like the truth about like systems, like especially just coming from a high school, like teacher felt like pre 21st century or something. Yeah. It was really strange. Like to me that translated into high school, like don't tell kids, you know, about the systems or like, just allocation of resources, like be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and the be grateful message is like to teach children that instead of like, um, what I feel like now is a healthy push of explain history accurately to children, um, in a way that they can handle and is appropriate for their age. Um, and then pushing them to kind of be more, more curious, right? Like it just felt like it wasn't as opposed, in line. To, as yeah. opposed to hiding history. Cause they're not yet ready for it yet, which are two different things. Yeah. Yeah. That was really well said. I think, um, I'll start with the strengths. Okay. The strengths of the show start yeah, with still yeah. love this show. Still yeah. <laughs> the, the, I will say the, uh, the audience of this show is very powerful from what I've n- noticed from social media. So I am being very careful because I do love this show and it's, I feel like it's hard to be critical in a healthy way of this show. Um, for honestly justifiable reasons because of the context of the show. But first the strengths of this show start with the dialogue. It feels like it was written by some teachers. I think I think Quinta Brunson on some interviews said that she teamed up with some teachers and she also has friends that are teachers. Her mother is a, a former teacher, a retired teacher, I believe. Um, so that they have a, their finger on the pulse of what it's like to be a teacher 
at least in conversation with other teachers, like in the workroom or in the hallway conversations, uh, aside from like getting your nails done mid class or like between classes, like everything seems pretty accurate there in the conversation. But specifically, I would say that the tension between younger and older teachers is surprisingly accurate. The writers are touching on a really relatable and relevant issue that underfunded working classes are often like pitted against one another, especially in public services. The writers like juxtapose the well-known struggle of underfunded schools and underpaid teachers with the idea that teaching, like Kelsey is saying, is just a blessing and teachers asked to sign up for this unfair career. So they might as well just make the most out of it. And I'm not sure I love that choice. It's like joking about how teachers are forced to act as if everything is okay. So the kids are okay. And again, like Kelsey is saying, that's obviously problematic. So still, it is definitely true about new generations of teachers who've had it easier. And this is where the writing does a really good job, get a little egotistical and even like self-important about their place in education and what they can tangibly do to move the vehicle in a different direction. Janine is the object of this. And I'm also as a teacher guilty of this. Many teacher are, teachers are, and that is done well with the relationship between Janine and Barbara. Barbara tries to say, like Kelsey said, talk about what they, the students do have and not what they don't in response to Janine bringing up the fact that the school is basically destitute and desperately needs resources. But geez, that writing <laughs> from Barbara basically saying to suck it up to the, uh, so the kids are okay is definitely written from like this binary perspective of education. That sounds like it's coming from like a well-intended PTA member and not a public school teacher. Like teachers don't need more people to try and make light of their situation and tell them indirectly that even though their situation sucks, we're here for you, for you. Just like take five and then suck it up. Like, so even though they get the dynamics right between vet and rookie teachers and their writing is, I think a strength there, there isn't any resolution so far that is progressive. And we're only six episodes in, but I still, I'm not even getting a hint of that. So this, it, the issue is almost used between vets and rookie teachers as like a plot device to just say, well, life is tough. I wish more people cared. And it's like, yeah, Abbott, I know you care. So you, like, I, I know you can, so you care more. Uh, and I, I don't know. That's just how I feel, I guess. It's, it's yeah. tough. No, I mean, I think, and, and that's not to say that, um, what sometimes happens, like if you are basically like we, you know, as a teacher, you're giving like presentations all day, you're talking like almost every second. Um, so that's not to say that like when you are maybe going through personal like issues or something that just happened, like a situation that you're not going in front of like your class and being like, okay, fresh start. Like let's like really focus on the people in the room. That's not what that quote was saying though. Right. That quote was literally saying like, don't focus on like what students don't have. It was like a sort of like, uh, you know, teach them to be grateful kind of vibe. That was kind of, uh, just, I felt like felt uh, there's a lot of like different messages that feel off with like the plot of, of what's happening. So it's, it's kind of confusing, honestly. Like I feel like I'm really into each episode. And then at the end, there's kind of like a, you know, teaching's a calling. And um, like, that's why we're here. We're here for the kids without kind of making like something that they could do like a honest kind of 
just even a slight, not a punch, but even just a slight like poke, you know, I do think there's something smart there though. Like, I think they could do something smart with that. Like the idea of not letting children see, seeing you scared is a really important skill for a role model. And I think that that is what they were touching on, but it just was not clear at all. And I think audiences watching that, especially outside of public education are are not really going to kind of see the purpose there. So I just think the writers use the perspective of these older teachers to get older crowds who watch cable television. Like this is on ABC to like relate to the injustices of being a teacher and the veteran teachers who are like victims to the institution are forced to swallow their dreams of improving education and are often like socially pressured to accept their constraints and terribly low wages because they're performing a public duty. And they're often like reminded about that throughout their career. So I don't think that was clear with Barbara in her arc. Like Barbara seems very defeated. Um, And maybe they'll do better this season with her or next. They could definitely, it feels like they might. And vet teachers are often forced to like have to work within the trenches like Barbara is to help kids and their communities like without a platform to make real institutional change. So they feel like they only can make grounded in the like micro change. And now a show like Abbott comes along with their own platform and they take like this funny but lazy stance on Barbara. So I feel like, like I said, I think they're, they're going to do better with her and I think that'll, that'll come soon. And so because anybody can sympathize with a 20, 30 year teacher like Barbara because of what she's been forced to deal with, there's definitely like a resentment older teachers have that is directed at younger teachers. So I thought that was really cool. I've never seen that. I know we're young teachers, so we're going to relate to that, but it is cool to see a younger generation uh, and how they're dealing with entering a workforce that is already struggling and that older teachers are kind of already defeated in. But I do think that it would have been interesting if they more appropriately directed that frustration of the vet teachers at like the government or parties that cut funding and those that vote for those parties, which again, I think they might do with Barbara. Yeah. And they started to do at the beginning, which I thought they were going to go maybe more into. Yeah. Quinta has said uh, that she's planning on doing that. It sounds like they foresee in their script this season or next getting a little bit more political. So I'm just hoping they find a more progressive verdict, not progressive, like politically, like literally progressive, like move forward. Like we need more funding in education and then just kind of like this message of just suck it up until it's fixed, which is kind of like what Barbara tells Janine. And like, they even do that with the teacher uh, burnout. When Janine tells her coworker played by Lisa Ann Walter, I think Melissa is that her name? Melissa? Uh, I, yeah, Melissa's yeah, her Melissa. name. I was going to say Chessie from Parent Trap. Oh, look at that. Like she's like, I think Janine is exhausted in that scene while the kids are playing outside. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's the scene. That's where she says, yeah, like opening Panera's box. Is that the Panera box? That's okay. the Panera, Panera box Panera. Jo- joke drop. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa says to uh, basically not let the students see that you're tired and their innocence is like why we do what we do. And I'm here to tell you as a teacher, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. That's not, that's not what we're here to do. We teach for like our community and to help improve the well-being of the country and the children, but we don't teach to perform in front of children and be their personal Santa Claus while mom and dad or family are at work to make sure they still believe in fairy tales. Like that conversation was really condescending. That was my most, like that hit me like in a 
deep place where I, all those nights of working really hard Hit and teaching, nerve. I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, it doesn't even feel like the writers believed that dialogue. Like it felt like they wrote it just for audiences. It felt like a, de- a definite cable television thing. Like they're trying to sell a show to the every man, every viewer, and it's really tiptoeing around important problems purposely. And you can feel that money grab, like that network television money grab. And the show makes a joke about like even Buttigieg, which was like an inappropriate joke we're not going to get into, but they make, they try to make a joke about Buttigieg who is often memed. And ironically, this show is kind of like the Buttigieg of education to me. Like we don't need centrist takes and jokes about the United <laughs> States and it's edu- what needs to happen in education reform in 2022. We need like yeah. uber progressive takes well, on like, what needs to happen. Yeah, it, it just feels like it's weirdly talking a lot about the like rhetoric of like do this for their, your students, like tough it out for your students. Oh, exactly. like you didn't, you know, um, like even really well-intended people like say, you know, oh, well you didn't like pick the job for the money anyway. Like you picked this for, um, you know, being a, a mentor or, or you already like, you knew what you were signing up for, like those kind of things. And it feels like it's kind of like playing with those dangerous, honestly, like rhetorical, um, pushes for teachers to just basically like stop talking about like paying, you know, teachers more money or education reform, which are, are literally used against teachers. So that's why it's like really strange in a show that is supposed to be, you know, or is talked about in the media as like honoring teachers. And I think it's really as easy as like doing things, which again, maybe after like they, the show, gets a, a viewership. Um, and, and Quinta said, I guess that she was, I didn't read the interview, but you said like she is planning on maybe going more towards that route. Right. Um, but maybe like ABC, um, later on might, might do that. I don't know, like what the network also is, is pushing, like you said, kind of like the money grab network television. I think right now they're just trying to build a community. Yeah. But I I think like it it is as easy as kind of like introducing scenes of like, uh, like a higher up person or someone from government, like coming to take like a, have a photo op. You know what I mean? Like that's a really good point. Superintendent. We're definitely going to get, we're definitely going to get one of those or, or just, I mean like even someone like in government being like, uh, like just coming to like read a story to the, to the kids yeah. and talking about like why education is so important. The assistant to the vice president just coming in reading like a short story. <laughs> yeah. Something like that for sure. Some photo op. That's good. I, uh, I don't know. I feel like because this show is a satirical comedy in a workplace, uh, I feel like many people are going to might listen to this pod or, or any kind of criticism of this. And, and like you said already, like just kind of take a step back and be like, why are they being like, so like critical of the show? But like, imagine you work in a job with high stakes like ours and you see education an institution that is a, a foundation to our society kind of being used in, in the, in the, and the parts that are being taken advantage of in education are being used uh, to capitalize on something that we all feel uncomfortable about. Like education is being used to, it's almost being monetized. And the humor isn't necessarily helping improve anything in education. It's like highlighting exactly why this country doesn't improve the institution because they believe education is a joke. And fair enough, but like at least make a joke with insight And I think my frustration started with the intention of creating Abbott Elementary. I did a deep dive because I felt uncomfortable about the show because I was like, I really, I'm laughing at the show. Like the audience member in me is like, this show's hilarious. The teacher in me was like, cringe, I got to turn this off. And 
I did not, I saw mixed feelings like that on Twitter. Like I can't stay on Twitter too long. because it got real toxic about this show, but it was very complicated. It kind of felt like that. I was in the middle somewhere. And I think after doing a deep dive on Quinta Brunson and the background of the show, the pitch was about creating a workplace comedy in a school where the showrunners could Trojan horse these structural educational fa- failures. However, the show and Brunson are not exactly interested in letting anything serious out of that Trojan horse. And like that's the, the part that maybe wasn't in the pitch, but that seems very clear by ABC. I don't know whose decision that was. It seems more like an industry decision. So I'm going to give a benefit of the doubt to Brunson because it just really seems like they're just really not trying to hit on anything serious. And besides like a comment here or there about like a lack of funding or teachers having an overdraft in their account on a donut uh, because they're like not appropriately paid for their work or even something serious like Kelsey was saying, student homelessness, the comments feel sort of empty without lessons. And mostly it just feels really patronizing to see it on screen the way that it's being portrayed. And they touch on a lot of issues in schools, but they seem more interested in memeing the teacher's experience to make a buck rather than using like intelligent satire to create like a really insightful conversation about what can be done in education, which I think you could make a comedy about that. Like how we were saying, I hope that comes. I really think it will because this is in 2005 and the show and others can't continue repeating what everyone already knows what's wrong about education. It kind of gets away with saying something pseudo profound about the teacher experience. Like if the reaction to this show was that it's like the office And then that was it. And instead of being like, oh, we get to see what teachers lives are like and what how education is crumbling and how students are struggling because of a lack of funding in schools and a lack of adequate pay for teachers and teacher shortages happening like this show is giving me insight into that. No, it's not is that there's no there's there's nothing profound in that. Right. There is definitely a workplace comedy that is hilarious, but this is not uh, a serious kind of darkish. Yeah. It's not even, it's not like education. a deep dive of, yeah. Like bringing humor. I mean, it is bringing humor to a situation to shine a light on it, but then it feels like it takes that light away. Right. It's not going to create any revolutionaries. Let's say that it's not going to, it'll create some Thanksgiving conversations with some families and some laughs here and there about like, how are your teachers doing? I saw that one show like life must suck right now. But besides that, I don't see anything serious happening out of, out of that. And the show has the platform to do it. So I do have some evidence. I want to prove to listeners in case they're kind of like, I love this show. Like, what do you mean? Brunson is saying this about the show and the creators are saying like, I'm not trying to make any serious change in education about the show. There are, there is a good amount of evidence to kind of prove this. Like, um, Quinta Brunson was asked, what do you hope educators and more broadly, the general viewing audience take away from the show? She said, my intentions weren't to do anything, but make people laugh. That's my job as a person creating comedy. I do. I do know that we have heart in our show and I know that we do show some very real things going on in the school district, which to be honest, seems like Brunson again is capitalizing on the desperation of teachers maybe not her specifically, again, I'm just going to kind of blame ABC here to help others and how students don't have comfortable beds to sleep in. Like most of the public outside of education already understands that. So the show feels empty. They understand that students from disadvantaged backgrounds and who are coming from a marginalized community that is not adequately represented in any kind of higher power that makes decisions on funding and education there, most of our public is aware of that. And it almost feels like they're just repeating those things in the show. And it's almost like a parent just walked up to me <laughs> and said, 
hey, I really wished you had more resources, Kelsey, and you were like <laughs> fairly paid and then like walked off. <laughs> it's like, yes, agreed. Climate change is real. Teachers aren't paid enough and the next generation is going to really suffer. <laughs> uh, I just feel like we can get more educational content. Um, what can be done? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think like basically that that is interesting that I'm glad you did a deep dive because um, I... I didn't as much. And I was wondering about like what the intentions of the show were, right? Because it's being sold as this, like representing teachers, teachers feel seen in Abbott elementary. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just like we said, we're not being overly negative and I, and really we're not like taking it too seriously. I think we're just being honest, like about probably the, the gaps, right. In storytelling. Um, and which I think that if there were to be some more honest, um, portrayals and takes, um, which I think might be, like you said, like maybe an ABC decision that might be seen as like a scary thing. I think they'd actually be even more, um, maybe not funny, but even more like, a, a better storyline. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like how we're saying it would be educational rather than a comedy. We get to make ourselves feel better about, about the situation. Um, and I just, it, it really does feel like not to harp on this too much, but it really does feel like a gift card situation. Any teacher listening to this, if there's teachers out there, you know what I mean by this. It feels like I got a a gift card that I'm really grateful for. Like around holiday time, if, if the public doesn't know this, like if people listening don't know this, and I know we have people from different countries listening, listening to this podcast, but because teachers are not paid uh, equitably for their work, uh, they are often given gift cards around holiday time or some kind of nice letter or note. And it really feels like Abbott Elementary is like a gift card that I'm like really grateful for. Like a, like a parent just handed me a $50 gift card of Total Wine to get some nice Merlots. Like, thank you. Uh, it just feels a tiny bit hollow but I know I should say thank you and like move on and uh, not question it too much. And if you're wondering like, wait, like Kelsey has been saying, why does the show need to be responsible for talking about systemic issues in education? Well, it's because it's literally profiting <laughs> off of systemic issues in education. It's, uh, it, it's unfortunate that that is the you know situation that it's in, but that is the platform that it's chosen to have. And the showrunners even teamed up with like, I think I saw Scholastic and wrote the show name uh, like of Abbott Elementary and ABC on a bus to drive around West Philly and hand out resources. I don't think that was in response to any backlash, but I think there was a certain amount of like kind of inside knowledge at, at ABC of like, Hey, we should kind of be out there on, on the streets. Like literally like we shot this in LA, we need to go to Philly and, and do something. Um, and much like the gift card, I'm happy to say thank you to Abbott elementary for the teacher representation because of the good intentions, but they have like a responsibility much greater than a parent giving a gift card or a parks and recreation TV show. This is a major studio owned by Disney with a platform that is making money off of appropriating a failing foundation of our country. And I, and I I don't think you really need to, you don't even need to uh, kind of go any deeper than that. I think that's, that's, yeah. It just felt like the TikTok situation that I was talking about earlier. Like, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like we're already down on the ground, guys. You don't have to keep going. It would be nice to get a hand. It doesn't feel like we're getting a hand. It just feels like we're getting like an all. That sucks. Okay, so the quotes do go on. When Brunson is asked about what needs to be done to help teachers and education as a whole, which is a great question when someone asked her this. I think it was Education Week that asked her this. Uh, She said, this is as much a citizen's job as it is a teacher's job. Teachers are just trying to do their job. They do, they do so much already. Teachers are already fighting for change within the schools, but they're also teaching. So I think that citizens could offer a little bit more help. She goes on. You went to a school. Your kids are going to go to a school. We should look into how to support teachers a little bit more. I've seen people be like, I don't know. I love Abbott and it cracks me up, but I feel like should we be highlighting schools that have issues like this? And should we be laughing at this? And I'm like, well, this is a real life thing. If you feel that moved about it, take yourself to a public meeting, take yourself to city hall, make some demands, offer teachers a listening ear, offer teachers some support. Okay. So I feel like that message has good intentions, but it's mostly uh, red herring or getting away from the argument and tough questions. And Brunson is, and again, this might be ABC is absolving herself or themselves from responsibility to raise tough questions in the show and Abbott about the way education is undervalued in the, in the United States and saying something to the effect of parents need to do more for teachers. If the teachers are frustrated, education does not need more parent help and parents do not want to be told that they need to help more. Believe me, education needs money period. There should be an episode where Brunson takes the class to like the federal reserve and she's like, yo, what's good, Jerome Powell? And is screaming, they need relief packages immediately and having kids protest. And that would be television. That would be really awesome. <laughs> that would be television. <laughs> yeah, Jerome Powell would be uh, uh, memed very much so for that. <laughs> the show is just very politically correct. And in Brunson's defense, and I'm going to come to her defense because she did do a really good job with this show so far. Uh, and I mean, even though me and Kelsey are teachers, we couldn't have written a show this funny. And I don't think most teachers could, uh, even though she wasn't one, she obviously like has a lot of insight with her mom. She did say that hopefully her show opens the door for other education shows to tackle more difficult questions. But again, she has the platform. So she kind of seems uninterested in pushing ideas and, and pushing more laughter for dollars at others expenses. And I think that again, that's an ABC Disney thing too. And I know, like I said, her mom's a teacher, but the show feels irresponsible as a teacher and as a normal TV watcher, it's fantastic. So I just got rubbed the wrong way when reading and listening to her talk about the show. The show feels like it was made for parents who sympathize with like a failed education system, but not for us like teachers to highlight what can change immediately in education or like imminent threats that could be solved through funding like immediate funding and it's just too bad because it's just right now it's just solely a comedy and we're in a such a i thought a higher place of content and this show kind of says nah not yet yeah yeah it definitely feels like there's a lot of maybe like messaging that is sometimes used against teachers which is also um feels like it's not like where we're at in 20 the conversations we're having at uh, in 2022. So, yeah. Um, agreed. Um, yes. So, okay. This might sound then weird, but I think we both know our, our answers. Um, does this 
show deserve extra credit. Give it the extra credit. Give it all Give the, it the extra credit. All the extra credit. <laughs> we don't have a gauge on this podcast, but this is the extra credits podcast where we give extra credit or don't give extra credit or keep the credit where it's at. And uh, I think for sure, I think it deserves all the extra credit. Put, yeah. put some uh, more teachers on the screen. I think it's, uh, I know it's surprising after kind of criticism, but that's what I was saying at the beginning. We love this show and it d- definitely deserves it. Yes, definitely. Um, keep the X-Men jokes coming. Uh, Ava's writing, uh, oh my God, is the, the, the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just love the show. And, and I still want to like, I w- would still watch like many seasons. Um, and also I just like recently rewatched some of the episodes because I just wanted to make sure, like, especially if we're going to like, uh, you know, look at it in an honest way. And I was like, wait, I want to make sure these things that I'm talking about lined up with like the messages that they're giving at the end of the show when they're exploring certain issues in education. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a great rewatch. Like I noticed those glaring things we were talking about for sure. Yeah. We rewatched it like almost three times. Yeah. So, um, definitely deserves extra credit. Really funny. Great writing. Uh, go check it out. Let us know what you think. All right, everybody, this has been the extra credits of Abbott Elementary Season 1. Be nice to your teachers and vote accordingly. Thank you for listening. You can rate, review, and find other pods from us on most podcast platforms. Please throw us some stars on Apple and review us if you can, and also Spotify. Finally, you can find us on Instagram at Extra Credits Pod and on Twitter, The Extra Credits, or email us, extracreditspod at gmail.com. We appreciate any and all feedback. This has been Trey. And this is Kelsey. Peace. See ya. Bye.